like to talk and read all things books and mystery. Funny stories. The characters of youth always tend to be a sleuth. The Hardy Boys will do. Don't forget Nancy Drew. It's a clue. Hello, sleuths. I'm Kelly. And I'm Karen. Welcome to It's a Clue, a faux crime comedy podcast for unbelievably successful stamp collectors. True. A, str- a strange twist. <laughs> you didn't see it coming. Nope. Kelly, today we are discussing Nancy Drew and the clue in the old stagecoach, and I would like to talk to you about the thought I want to ponder. Okay, hit me. If you went to a summer camp for grownups. Hmm. I know, I know. What would you want it to be like? Slash, what activities would you want them to have? Just tell me your your vision. What I okay, fantasize actually, about this a lot. Same, so. same. I'm like so glad this was your ponder thought because <laughs> I think about this all the time. I do too. Um, what do I want it to? I mean, I want a uniform first of all. Uh, I okay. I did not see that coming. <laughs> yeah, I want it because because I'm gonna justify my answer. I want to not have to think about fashion for like the full camp experience because Heard. I find that very stressful. Love that. So Love that. I want like a figure flattering, comfortable uniform. Uniform. Done. That's oh, is that why they call them uniforms? Yeah. I just had a showboat moment. What's a showboat moment? Like, oh. When you were like, is that why it's called a showboat? Oh, <laughs> I did do that. And I'm like, is that why it's called uh, a uniform? Because they're all the same. Okay, that makes sense. Yes. Um, yep. <laughs> okay, what would I like for there to be? I mean, in, in my wildest dreams, my summer camp experience for adults is going to be majority comprised of... Um, like I'm gonna I'm gonna say like soft water sports so like I don't know how to I don't know how to explain that um <laughs> like low impact water sports like I want to be in a canoe a canoe or like somebody a, else rows a ki- or a kayak would you do a kayak no okay no 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 I want to be in in a boat a passenger and, um, uh, correct um and then like mostly like um fireside activities so Love ghost it. stories yep. s'mores sing-alongs kumbaya kumbaya um and then i would anticipate that there would be light to heavy flirting with <laughs> the other adult campers that would be a requisite how about you what would be your summer camp for adults describe it and what is your dot com so many things that you said were not what I expected your answer to be. Really? What did you think my answer would be? Did you think I would say I would never go to a summer camp for adults? No, I didn't think that at all. But like I didn't, I I will say I didn't know what you would say, but I did not expect uniforms, water activities. Mm. And I just love the way you talked about light to heavy flirting. (laughs) (laughs) I think that is true though. I think that the flirtation of summer camp like it's a brief moment in time i think that is critical to any summer camp experience so you never know each other's last names yeah unless you fall in love and then you exchange all of it but like just like roller derby (laughs) just like roller derby i don't know anybody's name in roller derby i'm just like hey raptor (laughs) like oh do you 
do you like actually call each other your derby names the people who've been doing it for a long time yes i'm like i actually don't even know what this woman's name is it's great that's really like i cool was gonna be the word that came out but like admirable is actually the accurate word accurate accurate anonymizing it's the opposite of linkedin and i love it about that i love it for that i do love that i hate linkedin so much it's the worst um okay you asked truly you asked me i believe (laughs) before you derailed sorry i'm sorry no it was my fault yeah what's your what's your ideal summer camp for adults i'm very curious i think i tend towards excitement around things that are not like a big group activity that relies on me being good at it so like i don't want to be like the volleyball game is today or like the you know i i don't like letting other people down and i know i will in a sports situation so i would be same i would be really excited i don't know like lanyard making a oh. macrame let's say macrame like a macrame Karen, situation those are both those are both necessary skills in a camp environment true fact the lanyard maker is king <laughs> at camp well i want to do that i want to i i agree with fireside activity that's like huge for me um mm-hmm. i do enjoy a hike from time to time i will say um but i want it to be informational i want it to be informational in some way like i want to be learning something like ew why i don't want to just be like on a forced like 10 mile death march like up a dry hill i want to be like well those are two totally different things like the opposite of uphill death march is not education (laughs) it's flat But I would go uphill on a long hike if I was learning something, you know? I want to, like, oh. learn to identify a plant oh. that I could, like, okay. use for something How very useful. Barbara Kingsolver of you. <laughs> Why, thank you. I want to learn to, like, navigate by the stars. I don't know. Do- Ooh. I want all of those, like... Yeah, that's that's precisely the point that the Girl Scouts lost me, so... I want those, like, handy Renaissance woman skills that I will absolutely never use, but... I can throw out as a party trick and be like, the lichen is on the left side of this tree, so it must be pointing south, you know? Oh, and like, which which are the poisonous mushrooms to steer clear of and which you can like steep into a sensible tea or whatever? Yes. I get it. I get yes. it. Anyway. We have different, we have different dreams. But they can coexist. I think we have but a- But they could absolutely coexist. Now, I listen, I don't want to make you too excited, but this does exist. I know it does, but I think we could have a pretty good one. And it could be like Nancy Drew themed. There could be like sleuthing elements involved. Ooh. Oh. Is this an offshoot of our complex? Yes. <laughs> All right. Folks, the reason that I asked this question is that Nancy Drew and Co. are at a summer camp <laughs> for the entirety of this book. And it sounds incredible. And we'll talk more about this later. But, um, Tell it's, us, it's a good question. Tell us I, your summer camp dreams. <laughs> did you ever have like a real summer camp experience? I don't know that I did. Yeah, me neither. I was not a summer camp kid. I don't, but now I want to be a summer camp adult. I, I think it's doable. Okay, we'll look into it. We'll look into it. Yeah. All right. We'll get back to you. <laughs> if somebody out there knows of the summer camp that we are describing, 
please let us know. Send us we the will link. come next summer. <laughs> yes. Karen and I will attend as a team next summer. And we will be great participants. <laughs> Do you like how I just volunteered you for that? Oh, no, I'm in. There was no okay, great. volunteering Perfect. needed. I Signed me up. <laughs> Amazing. Okay, well, that concludes my ponder thought. So um, I would like you to fire up the PA system for any daily announcements you might have. I love daily announcements. We only have one segment today which is we do have two new patreons no welcome way. to the welcome to the helen corning circle i really had to think for a second um to monica and rebecca monica Yay. rebecca i thank you i just i i know this might not be my most attractive characteristic but i just always like associate things with names and i thought monica from friends and rebecca of sunnybrook farm <laughs> absolutely uh, so, Karen, what, what pray tell, have you been up to since we spoke last? I need a, I need a pep talk. Oh, that was a big sigh. What's wrong, I baby just, sis? I just need a pep talk from you and our listeners, potentially. I am still roller derbying. And mm-hmm. it's, it turns out things have a learning curve. And I'm starting to realize, like, I'm a bad learner, like, especially at this point in my life I'm like I just want to be I just want to be amazing at everything right away and I get frustrated when I feel like that's the human condition when it comes to learning it's so I don't hard. think that's just you but like you know when I was little and it's like learn to play the violin I wasn't like six weeks in thinking I'm still bad at this I have to quit I was like okay this is just what it is and then you know you do it forever and but now I'm like I've been on this team in this league for six weeks and I can't do a one leg plow stop still and I just what I've just been okay would just please describe what a one leg plow stop is so a plow stop is when you're going forward really fast and you kind of point your feet inwards like you like pigeon toe it and point your toes together and you can break like that okay one leg plow stop is when you're trying to do it on a turn and so you just break with one leg and you like whip your leg around really fast and use the friction of your wheels to stop your turn while sure that sounds really easy yeah it's really it's it's really hard it's really hard and it's really scary of course it is it just goes against the physics of everything your body knows to be true it's like don't fall on your face and don't do this with your legs and stuff and you're rolling and you shouldn't do this and Oh, the people who are really good at it just make it look so easy. And I'm just having a really hard time with it. And it's making everything else really hard. And so I've just hit a bit of, I would say I was ramping really fast, getting back into my roller skating life. And I was feeling a little glib for the first several weeks. Like, yeah, I'm doing so great. And then now I've hit a learning plateau and my attitude has um, suffered. So (laughs) I'm not going to give up. I totally understand how that is, though, because like. I mean, let's just be honest. When things start stop being like I don't want to say easy, but but like having like that immediate payoff, it yeah. gets frustrating. Yeah. But I just want to tell you it's I am so impressed that you're doing this. Like I Thank mean, you I I would have been afraid to even put on roller skates in the first place, much less 
you know, get into like a competitive skating ramp situation with other people. I mean, that all of this is scary and all of this is hard. And you're just now hitting the part where, you know, after six weeks that you're like, oh, this is challenging. I mean, I know you're going to keep going, but you have to understand, like, the fact that you even stepped foot in there in the first place is incredibly brave. And oh my God. You, you know, just keep going. So, and also, like, there's no, I think, I think, and I've had to, like, remind myself of this on some things before, like, there's not a deadline. That's you know, like, it's good advice. There's just not a deadline. So, even if it takes you, like, even if, like, metaphorically, you had to repeat this past week's lesson a hundred weeks in a row before you got it, who cares? This is, you know, then you go on to the next. This is, like, the tenderest moment we've ever had on the podcast. Folks, I am actually, like, <laughs> I'm actually, like, crying. I'm very, I'm very Come tender on, right now. No, in, like, the sweetest way. Thank you so much for saying that. And... I understand. I understand how scary it is. And I mean, learning new stuff at any age is scary and hard, but especially when you're like, you know, I, f I feel kind of like set at this point. Yeah. Like, yep. <laughs> I'm like fully cured. Um, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> um, so I give you big credit for going and doing this. And I know a lot of other people that I've told that you're doing this feel the same way. So like, don't get, I mean, I can't say don't get frustrated because you're going to be frustrated, but like, just don't give up because there is not, you just go at your own pace until you get it. And then you move on to the next thing. It's not like you're, you know, trying to get a job or, you know, there's, this is for fun. So just keep having fun. I love you. Thank you for, I love you. I feel totally encouraged. I'm going to go. I have it. I have practice tomorrow i'm gonna go with a renewed sense of confidence yeah okay good well if any of our listeners have any additional words of encouragement please uh shoot them karen's way thank so. you i love you all yeah okay that Roll concludes on, my karen <laughs> that concludes my sensitivity <laughs> component how have you been <laughs> what's going on in um, your life I'm good. It's it's less dramatic. Um, I will say that my leg has stopped hurting, but good. I'm concerned now that I've just like osmosed that onto you. So I hope you're not like. Does your leg hurt? No, I think I'm okay. I think I'm. I think I'm fantastic. free of leg pain. Yeah. Okay, fantastic. I I am finally healed. Yay. Thank goodness. Um, I I I wish to carve a pumpkin. That is that is all. Like I have I have only my fall dreams ahead of me. I I want to go to Salem. <gasps> me too. Um, I want to cast some spells and I wish to carve a pumpkin. Do you wish to carve and a probably... pumpkin with me? Yes. Would you like to Yes. Come here and carve a pumpkin yes. with me? <laughs> yes. Excellent. Done. <laughs> <laughs> Concluded. <laughs> What folks Maybe don't know. Maybe we will record a live podcast. I think that live, would be. But together. Oh my we'll God. One together we could try room. to carve the It's a Clue logo into a pumpkin because that would look so good backlit. It would good. Oh, it would look good. I'm. Uh, mm. We're going to need a big pumpkin and some <laughs> tiny knives. <laughs> I'm on it. I'm on it. Okay. Well, you come to here. I will provide the pumpkins and the tiny knives. <laughs> I will. I will go to there. Perfect. This is a great division of labor. I'm here for it. Um, so, Karen, yes. do you know what is up next? I, uh, I hope it's what I think it is. 
recommendation station. Woohoo! <laughs> Uh, uh, do you have a recommendation? Girl, do I <gasps> ever? Ooh. Have All you? Right. I know you go to the bookstore every Pulling day because it is. Reads. I know it's like on your block. Have you seen the new book, The September House? Yes, I've seen the cover. I don't know anything about it, though. Well, go get it. Okay. If you need to pause this to go get it before the bookstore closes, I will understand. <laughs> They're closed already. Sorry. I'll get it tomorrow. Okay. This September um, House is by Carissa Orlando, and it is right. so fun. It is exactly the book you're looking for right now. Miss, I want to carve a pumpkin. Miss, we are heading uh-huh. into fall. Miss, like, yeah. spooky September. It is yes. what you want. Um, okay. At a high level, I will say this briefly, it is about... A married couple who buys a super old house that, for reasons unbeknownst to them, has been sold rapidly over and over and over again. It's owned by the bank. Mm. Um, The owners keep leaving. It's because it's haunted. And (sighs) I'll leave it at that. But I I will say it is funny it is scary it is charming there are some beautiful like mother-daughter family dynamics in it it is not it is not for a young reader I actually think that it I I wasn't like terrified by it though I am terrified of ghosts but I I I was gonna say I'm so surprised you're recommending a ghosty book I I am too it's wonderful it okay loved it loved it couldn't put it down so we'll check it out immediately thank you September house okay what what do you recommend? Woo woo. Woo woo. So first I will say I just finished and highly recommend the fourth in the Inheritance Game series, which is the Brothers Hawthorne. Yes. Oh, we like um, briefly talked about that the last time yeah. we recorded and I still haven't read it yet. It just came out. I just finished it over the weekend. Couldn't put it down. Yeah, I'm not going to say anything more about it. We've talked a lot about the Inheritance game. So if you were reading that series along with us, then definitely go check out the fourth one. Um, And she has already announced the fifth, which is coming out, I want to say, July of 2024. (gasps) So I'm so glad that there's more and that it can... Thank goodness. I also... My real recommendation, and again, this is not for young readers, um, but Holly by Stephen King. Okay. Which I don't know if you've heard of this author before or not. Um, <laughs> he's <laughs> he's pretty, pretty heavily in the horror genre, I would say. Um, I, I'm bringing up Holly because I, I really loved it a lot. Um, but part of why I bring it up on this podcast, it's, I mean, it's got all of the normal Stephen King horror and gore to it, but it is not supernatural. Oh. So this is like a real detective gumshoe type mystery. Mm-hmm. Um, and he has written some of those, although most of his stuff tends to have some element of supernatural fan- or fantasy to it. This does not. So um, Holly is the detective and... Um, yeah, I, I loved it. I Again, I couldn't put it down. So um, I will say, you know, if you are easily grossed out or not into kind of horror elements, then you might want to steer clear of this one. But if you like Stephen King and you like detective books, which obviously you do because you're listening, um, <laughs> this this is a good one. So Lovely. I saw yeah. that like randomly came up in my Instagram feed recently because um, the actress who plays Holly in... 
yes. one of the Stephen King the movies. Outsider? Yes. She is the narrator of the audiobook for Holly. And it was the first oh, time she fun. narrated an audiobook. And I'm like, oh, I love that, that crossover. That's cool that's crossover. That's really cool. Yeah. Yeah. Very nice. Well, Karen, I uh, should we get into a little Nancy Drew here? Let's talk about Nancy Drew. And let me tell you, I would like to introduce this book to you. Please. Please do. So, Kelly, this is book number 37 in the series. How is that possible? We have mm-hmm. discussed 37 of these books. <laughs> it was written in the year 1960. And... Interestingly enough, it was ghostwritten by Harriet Stratemeyer Adams. And the reason I say interestingly enough is that you texted me while reading this and you said, I think this was not ghostwritten by Harriet. Mm-hmm. And I'm curious why you said that, because it it was. It is. Um, I did not look this up, so that's interesting. I'm actually, I am surprised. I... <sighs> There, there was just like I felt like there was a different, like quality about this book. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was more dialogue. The dialogue was much more individualized to the characters. Yep. Like, Bess sounded like Bess. George sounded like George. Um, whereas before, it's just kind of been described. Yeah. Um, it it broke out of that like typical mold a little bit. It just. It all felt funnier and lighter, and I don't know. I just I'm I'm actually really surprised. Did you did you feel that way at all? I I absolutely did, and I I hadn't had that thought before you texted it to me, and I was about fifty percent of the way through, and I'm like, you know what, you're right. Like it just felt light, like lighthearted. Uh-huh. Yeah, it was still like really interesting and intriguing, but it felt lighthearted and three dimensional in a way that some yeah. of the other books didn't. Like the characters weren't paper dolls. If that makes sense. Correct. Yeah. Yes. Hmm. Interesting. Interesting. Well, Harriet. Harriet's evolving right <laughs> along with her characters. Who knew? She, she turned a corner. Um, she, she took a writing class. <laughs> <laughs> MFA. That sounded judgy. I didn't mean it to. <laughs> Very good writer. So there's not like a ton of information about this book per usual, but I wanted to find a fun fact. Uh Something that happens in this book towards the end is that, like, while we're trying to find the clue and the treasure, spoiler, uh, you're going to find out in two seconds when we do the plot overview, but the, the, the treasure is hidden in the cornerstone of a very old building that has, you know, like the date that it was built stamped on it. And I Googled that, and apparently this is like a super common thing. Did you know this? Hmm. I- no. Like, it's very common for time capsules to be placed in the cornerstone of a building while the building is being erected. And um, Really? I highly recommend Googling this because there are tons of newspaper articles and stories and YouTube videos about the weird things people have found in those, like, etched cornerstones when buildings are being demolished. They're like, oh, we're going to tear down this, you know, building that's collapsed from 1820. And when we did in the cornerstone, there was a time capsule and it had X, Y, Z in it. And like, I am intrigued. I, I, there, there are also like lots of legends about stakeouts. Um, The term demolition thieves came up multiple times in my Google search about people who see 
these old buildings getting torn down by like cranes and they think mm-hmm. I bet they're not going to look in that cornerstone and they find gold coins and things like what Nancy Drew found in the cornerstone and make off with them in the night. Um, so Aww. my sleuths cornerstones of old buildings. It is in fact, what is up? <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. Never going to look at a cornerstone the same way again. Are you? <laughs> <laughs> gonna chisel them out (laughs) i have some thoughts on that later um all right so now we shall delve into the gamification aspect of this podcast (laughs) the gamification oh my gosh it is time for our one sentence plot contest in which we post the cover of the nancy drew book on our instagram at it's a clue podcast and we ask you our listeners to guess what this book is about with no information other than the visual in one sentence or less. Yeah. But we do, in fact, reward creative use of pu- of punctuation. <laughs> yeah. We're all, we're a huge fan of dash and sem- dashes and semicolons. <laughs> indeed. Indeed. <laughs> so, my sister, will you please tell us um, what the contest was this week and who you have selected as the winner? I, I would love to. So, the cover, is, we see our three gals, Nancy, Best, George, they're peering out from behind trees in the woods and they're gazing upon a bright red stagecoach Mm -hmm. that's being pulled by white horses as nancy wields her gigantic magnifying glass which i'm totally kidding on that last part i added that in i saw Um, i saw the instagram post and i was like (laughs) i don't think that magnifying glass was actually on the cover and then i realized that you basically like photoshopped it in i did i did her pride and joy well done um so, as always, lots of great entries. But I, before I say the winner, I do need to shout out that we had not one but two Music Man references. We did in in the contest in the contest entries. So, um, well done. I applaud your pandering to a musical theater crowd. Uh, I will never not. So, thank you. Hashtag Wells Fargo wagon. Um, but our winner this week is at Serena Bobina, which, side note, best handle ever, who said, Nancy, Bess, and Elvis spot Colonel Parker racing to Graceland in his carriage to stop the burgeoning romance between the sleuth and the star. This is in reference to the fact that George has a full-on pompadour. <laughs> she does. I just... And there were multiple people who called out the, you know, the visual between George and Elvis in this. And they were so, not wrong. <laughs> they were not wrong. Not wrong at all. Uh, Karen, did you, yes, did you choose a runner up? I did. I chose at Eileen Bartels because I lulled so hard at this. When Nancy and her chum's Uber driver rolled up in a stagecoach instead of a Buick, she knew another mystery was afoot. <laughs> <laughs> that's good I love, that is good too i love can you imagine uh i can't imagine i've been like that license plate doesn't match what's on my phone but your name is right. jed so i guess i'll get in <laughs> you had to pick like luxury sedan or stagecoach stagecoach every time <laughs> <laughs> every time easy no question <laughs> no questions asked no no uh well karen without further ado it's time for written and read by you today's super fast plot oh boy 
The Clue Crew is vacationing at Camp Merriweather when a woman named Mrs. Strook, who has heard of Nancy's prowess as an amateur sleuth, summons them to help her with a mystery. The town of Francisville is out of money. They spent it all on building some fancy new housing facilities, which some of the locals, like Judd Hillary, are really upset about because they have a, and I quote, phobia for change and city folk. The problem is, Francisville now needs to build a bigger school, but no cash. Mrs. Strook had a great uncle Abner who used to drive stagecoaches in the area. When he died, he left behind a letter saying he had left a clue to his remaining fortune in an old stagecoach. So basically, we need to find the old stagecoach, crack the clue, and unearth the fortune to save Francisville. The Clue Crew goes on a goose chase after the wrong stagecoach, which came from a neighboring ghost town which is being restored as a sort of historical reenactment village. The good thing, though, is that they make several friends over there who end up helping in the case. While the ladies basically start digging up all of Francisville, they are tailed by two very annoying people from Camp Merriweather, the Monteith. They can't figure out why the Monteith keep pestering them with questions and following them around, but Nancy correctly ascertains that they want in on this fortune hunt. Oh, also, two major explosions happen in the town, which cause cave-ins, landslides, and nearly the deaths of some unfortunate folk. With the help of a clue Nancy finds on the neighboring Zucker farm, the clue crew and their three boyfriends from Emerson College dig up some public land and find Abner's old stagecoach in pieces. There they find the clue! which points them to the cornerstone of a historic building in town, but not before they are drugged by the bad guys and left for dead on the side of the road. Fortunately, the cops find the bad guys just in time, and lo and behold, the Monteith are part of the criminal crew. They were searching for valuable ore in the ground of Francisville at the behest of Judd Hillary, hence the explosions. But then they got distracted and intrigued by Nancy's treasure hunt, and they tried to take her out. The bad guys are all apprehended and immediately confess. The cornerstone is opened up and inside it are five sheets of super valuable, never before used United States Postal Service Benjamin Franklin stamps, collectively worth around $150,000 at the time. Nancy is made an honorary citizen of Francisville. The Clue Crew has to appear in a town parade wearing old timey stagecoach costumes and George has to make everyone a hand knit sweater. The end. Was that right? Yes. Was that how was that how this book went? As I recall it, yes. <laughs> it was very confusing. Okay, good. <laughs> There's just a lot of things happening. That was it as best I could cliff notes it. Um so that was beautifully done. My darling sister, please tell me at this time. Yes. Your general thoughts and musings. Easy. <laughs> obsessed um number one it starts with the red herring of all time yep like you're looking for a stagecoach here's a stagecoach but it's not the right stagecoach nope um in general i'm a big fan of treasure hunt mysteries Mm -hmm. i loved the whole camp merriweather setting yep i loved the whole new set of part-time lovers (laughs) yep uh it was actually laugh out loud funny in in parts not like 
in its duration Indeed. but it, there Indeed. were moments um i you know I, I i got to the end of this and i was like why did i like this so much i can't quite put my finger on it but this felt like madcap capers to me and not drudgery i so all i can do is it. like chalk that up to the writing i so. love that yep yeah how about you girl i loved this book also <laughs> like i loved score. it score high five as you would say and i quote my sister kelly big time yes <laughs> <laughs> um what what did i write the whole summer camp thing as you mentioned camp merriweather loved it mm-hmm. the dating conundrums i loved it yes um, top tier I loved the Monteith characters, which it's funny because I keep wanting to call them the Montooths. Um, <laughs> but they're, in fact, their last name is Monteith. Um, I also really liked the part of the setting. There was like this restoration of a ghost town nearby. Yeah. Um, that was super interesting. And same thing that you said. We are on the exact identical page. There were some genuinely funny moments Mm-hmm. And like we've laughed a lot about Nancy Drew in the past, but I don't know that the author intended us to be laughing about those <laughs> right. moments. But there were like genuinely funny moments that yeah were successfully funny. Um, so yeah, I loved it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, good. Me too. Okay, so that's good to know because the next thing we want to talk about is our favorite parts, and I would like to ask you, Kelly, what was your favorite part of this book? <laughs> Sally the bear. <laughs> oh yeah, I didn't cover Sally in my one sentence plot, so or one sentence, um, my super fast plot. So please so, say so, more. So, so Sally the bear had absolutely no. Oh God, I walked myself into this. Um, no bearing on the actual <laughs> mystery. Uh, she was just a side quest. Okay, so they perfectly <laughs> described. Yes. The, the clue crew turns down the wrong road looking for the Zucker farm and it's like very, very bumpy and a rock punctures their uh, gas tank. So on their way back out, they run out of gas and while they when they get out of the car, all of a sudden there's like a gigantic bear and it's one of the best illustrations I've ever seen in my life. So they all jump back in the car and Bess has one of her LOL moments quotes which is something along the lines of like i hope that mean old bear doesn't try to get in the windows or something yeah. and i'm like you're in a convertible like <laughs> your roof like, is even made of with fabric the top up thank you it's canvas you know like you've got big problems um and i think their biggest concern is just like they're trapped in the car um that being said there was this whole mini mystery that involved that evolved with with the bear and i would like to describe it for you as thus please do so nancy goes there's a bear they get in the car (laughs) then nancy goes oh my gosh the bear has a collar which means the bear must be a pet and if the bear is a pet then the pet has an owner and I bet the pet is lost, which means the owner is probably out looking for the bear. So how do we get the owner over here to help us with the whole bear situation? Let's honk the horn. Beep, 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 and beep, then, beep, 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 yeah. Precisely. And then, oh, look, the owner has a ribbon. And <laughs> um, I was like, this was just a whole, like, 
melodrama played out around a bear. And it, I mean, it could have been, we could have cut the entire chapter from the book. It had no bearing on anything. No bearing. God, I keep saying that. <laughs> um, the, the owner is like, oh my gosh, thank you so much. I, it's not really the owner. Like, I was transporting the circus bear. Her name is Sally. And she Sally. got out. Sally. Um, she's a very sweet bear. And I was like, sure, sure. Um, he helps them, like, put a patch on the gas tank so they can get further down the road. The entire thing could have been cut out. You know, they could have just, like, turned down the right road in the first place and there would have been no need for a bear. Um, this is part of why I like this book, which I can't quite explain because normally in Nancy Drew books, this type of stuff drives me bonkers. It's super irritating normally, yeah. It's But, right, do you agree with me, though? Yes. Like, this was like a... Hey, you know, them's just the breaks of sleuthing. Them's you know, the bears. Sometimes... <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm really giggly, them's though. Them's the bears. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I like Sally the bear. How about you? Favorite thing? Okay, I'm going to combine two, which I okay. think I loved and you, from what I'm seeing, thought were very cringe. And we are both right. <laughs> Okay, I know what you're going to talk These about. These two things can be true at the same time. Um, number one, water ballet. And number two, <laughs> yeah. an old-timey photo shoot on a stagecoach. <laughs> yes. Okay, so I'll talk about the water ballet first. Mm -hmm. At Camp Merriweather, there's like there so many activities, Kelly. So many activities. There are dances and there are tennis matches and tournaments and... Lanyard, golf. I'm guessing golf, lanyard making classes, who knows? The, the sky's Probably. the limit. Flirting, as you mentioned, mm -hmm. which I think is the real, of that. the real intention of this camp is young, yeah. eligible. It is a sport in and of itself. People perpetually in college are supposed to find their <laughs> suitor. Who knows? I don't know. This place is a mystery. I would be amazing at flirting if I got another four years in college. <laughs> it's, it's like hone the art. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's true. A, a BA in flirting. <laughs> um, so we learn like related to nothing that it's just so not part of the plot. All of a sudden, Bess and George are like, hey, um, there's going to be a water ballet here for all of the attendees to watch this week and auditions are being held to be one of the synchronized swimmers in the water ballet and mm -hmm. all three of the clue crew immediately agree like bro we should definitely try out for this i super want to participate as if they are not busy enough already with six boyfriends right. and like two mysteries to solve but whatever whatever like right they're young they have lots of energy and so they go and audition for this um for some reason, as they are apparently amazing at synchronized swimming, just smoking everybody else in this competition with like balletic underwater moves and stuff, like they're just incredible at this. And and with and with no rehearsal, no rehearsal, yes. just cold. Yes, yeah, yeah. They're like, like I'm gonna put on a meatloaf meatloaf song, and you guys are gonna like, <laughs> you know flip and kick or whatever you do yeah the, and it, it even goes into detail and it's like they were perfectly on the tempo of the music and surfacing at exactly the right moments and stuff with absolutely no preparation and then george says something weird like 
I think it would be really funny if we did like a clowning routine. And then the three of them pre- pretend to crash into each other and then mm-hmm. sink at the same time, but they all emerge in this hilarious way. And the crowd erupts in joy and they are immediately signed to the yeah. synchronized swimming equivalent of a record label. They're just like, you're the best synchronized swimmers ever. <laughs> like you are the headliners of the the water ballet show. <laughs> See us after class. Like we're going to get you mm-hmm. costumes. You're going to, you're going to do this. And, and it's like a clown thing. Yeah. Did I do that justice? It was weird. <laughs> no, it was very weird. I read it three times. <laughs> It's like, wait, what are you doing? Yeah. 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 Do you- yeah. Because that's how being funny is. You just go, be funny now in water. Go. And synchronized. Correct. Yeah. I was picturing like a Charlie like Chaplin thing. It's like, yes. I don't know. Same. Um, so that happened. And then do you want to talk about the old timey photo shoot on the stagecoach, which is also amazing, but cringe? <laughs> Um, I mean, no, you talk about it. Okay, so the stagecoach... Because I'm not entirely sure what happened. There there are two stagecoaches, one that we're searching for, one that is the Red Herring stagecoach, and the the ghost town that's being restored to be like a Instagram facility, basically, like, come take your pictures in this restored ghost town. Um... <laughs> They call Nancy, Bess, and George at some point in the middle of their sleuthing and say, the people who are supposed to be here and take photos can't show up. So you guys have to come here and put on all these costumes and uh, just be in this production, if you will. America's Next Top Mm -hmm. Model with stagecoaches. Fully, So the three of them with Ned, Bert, and Dave, their Emerson College boyfriends, abandon the whole mystery instantly with no question mm-hmm. drive to this other town and get in costumes and there's like a lot of hair and makeup it's very theatrical um there's like apparently movies movies videos are being taken which gave <laughs> yes, me pause i was like oh we can take yeah. like moving pictures at this time i didn't know flash forward like is there some guy named deke with a camcorder <laughs> apparently yeah yeah and then like the the best part is like george falls out of it at some point because it's just going poorly and they're towing it behind a truck because there aren't real horses but i don't know there was just like a lot of like photo op like cringe sort of we're on display moments yes i I liked them though if i'm being honest (laughs) The, the whole thing was um I was picturing it very much through the lens of my, I worked at King's Island one summer and they had an Old West yes. Photoshop filter. That's exactly what I was picturing. Yeah. Um, which, hilarious. Yeah. We're, uh, or like the Renaissance Fair work. people yeah. come in and they're like, I'm going to slap this outfit on you that's like only the front half of it and then you Correct. can pose. It's not, it doesn't need to fit. Yeah. Just put your arms through the holes. You can pose yeah. for these pictures and it looks like you're in a... I was going to say saloon, but that's not the Renaissance Fair. But you know what I mean. <laughs> I do. Uh, joust. Castle. A joust. Yes, I like that. I like okay. that. Those are the only two Renaissance words I know. 
tankered flagon i don't know i don't know i'm gonna see myself out okay other things that we liked about this kelly um okay i i am going to steal real world river heights do it do it do it do it do it do it okay one of my favorite things was the fact that we have three secret boyfriends when we're on vacation (laughs) we did <laughs> um not only was this hilarious to me I actually genuinely loved it. So um basically long story short Nancy George and Bess all have camp boyfriends mm-hmm. named Rick, Jack and is it Hobie? I was pronouncing it Hobie in my head. Yeah, Hobie. So they're the quote special group whom they dated. Um I will say Rick all green flags. Mhm. Like he was a green flag gentleman with the little bit we got to know him. I loved um, I loved Rick. I was like, Ned who? <laughs> yeah, right. Be gone. Um, so the funniest part, though, was like at some point she gets, I don't know, a telegram, a letter, an email, whatever happens at that point. She gets this notification that Ned, Dave, and Bert, the normal boyfriends, are they're gonna come down that weekend <laughs> to hang out with the girls and george and bess are immediately like oh, no. what are we gonna do yep. like the two universes are gonna collide here in a bad way and nancy is just like cool as a cucumber she's ruffled <laughs> opposite of worried yeah <laughs> she 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 says hmm well you know some situations just solve themselves <laughs> And I was like, Nancy, what are you going to do? You know, like, is she going to run Ned and company off the road? Or is she going to, like, poison Rick and the guy? Like, what are you going to do? She, It's like she has, like, she she knows that there's nothing to worry about in the two groups colliding. And she turns out to be right. The the secret boyfriends go home and because of medical emergency and Ned and co come on down and there as far as I can remember was no like just so you know Ned up until 24 hours ago I was dating a guy named Rick who's amazing <laughs> who's uh, the best and he's better than you at tennis too I will I will say this like all jokes aside I really like that our author Harriet I have to keep reminding myself because this just feels so unHarriet like um <laughs> She, I like the fact that Nancy, George, and Bess are not obsessing about their hometown boyfriends. Nope. They're like, those are just the guys they date when they're home. These are the guys they date when they're here. It doesn't matter. Like, it's just not that serious. And I, I feel like most books at this point in time probably would have not been that way i agree that's a really good point this is i i think it is as you say very progressive in that way because none of them are married no none of them are like trying to get married no like that's never addressed Mm -mm. or mentioned and they are very happy with what they're doing and i yeah we love to see it we love to see it it's very barbie energy and i'm here for it (laughs) hey barbie um so okay your turn can i a lot of things to love about this book so can i say a thing i didn't like and i don't want to harsh the mellow but 
please. This is the first that time. This is the first time I've had an actual beef with uh, the Clue Crew. Mm. Specifically, Bess. I was disappointed in Bess, but there was a Mean Girls situation in this oh, book. Oh, there sure was. That has just not been sitting well with me. Um, Do tell. So I mentioned in the super fast plot overview that there's this couple that we hate at Camp Mary, whether the Monteith, the Montooths. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the Montooth. And um, <laughs> there's just this moment where, before we know that they're bad guys, we're, we're just like, they're annoying. They're clingy. They're always glomming on to things. They're just like irritating people. We're like, George and Bess dress up as the Monteith and mm-hmm. come into Nancy's room to like cheer her up. And they're like, performing their voices and their attitudes and just being really mean honestly if i mm-hmm. if i'm being blunt they're just being very no you're totally cruel. right and unfortunately the monteith are in the hallway and overhear this moment of george and bess making fun of them and nancy like cackling and laughing mm-hmm. and there's an encounter that happens and they're just like really hurt and like i don't know oh i know i'm with you I, it was it felt bad i know that like they're the bad guys and we're supposed to be like huh like they suck like let's make fun of them or whatever but like i don't know that just did not as a very sensitive person that did not sit well with me and it just made me feel really bad and i was like i know george is a little bit questionable Sharp. in her empathy mm-hmm. at times but i was like Bess. Mm-hmm. i expected more from you um, i i was you so expecting more from nancy I did too. Like, I, I, I know exactly what you mean. I actually had written in my notes that, like, this feels like bullying to me. Yes. Um, yes. Because it, it wasn't just that moment. Like, that moment really bothered me, but it went all the way back, like, to how all of the younger people in the group were excluding them and, like... like specifically excluding them from things because they were basically being tryhards right and I just I was like that's just not very nice like that you know it's not like she had any reason to suspect them of anything at that point other than you know maybe they're just a little bit awkward and having trouble fitting in so I I, I'm with you I I didn't feel good about any of that we don't support that yeah. Sorry, sorry, I put that in things that we liked. I just had to it's the first time I had a thing I did not like. And I was like, no, Your it's... attitude is not correct. That no, you're right. It it was not. So Um, okay. Um that's all that's all I'll say. Okay, so I'm gonna talk about <laughs> I'd like to cover some things we did not know before this book. Love it. I did not know that convertibles can tow a full stagecoach on the highway. <laughs> Who knew? Um, <laughs> did I, uh, yeah, I didn't know that either. I didn't know. Um, uh, I did not know that the Clue Crew are amazing knitters, confidently enough to bet fully handmade knit sweaters as part of like a standard side wager oh my god thank you i've been making you a blanket for two years now and i'm like i if george loses this bet she has to make everyone a hand knit sweater and i'm like yeah best of luck you better be real confident good luck yeah Yeah. um before this book i did not know blissfully what a molded vegetable salad was oh my god i wondered about that too and you have kindly put a link in our 
Oh, I have. So I I looked it up and and folks, a molded vegetable salad, I I suspected this was the case, but I was like, surely not. It's essentially... Is it an aspic? It's an aspic, but at least the... But with vegetables. So it's, it's salad that you set, at least the recipe I found, was set inside lime jello. Oh my God. Which just hurl i i will mention that there was one review on the recipe i found it was one star yeah, it's one, there's and, a and the one person, star review the person said if i could give zero stars i would do not try this <laughs> <laughs> and the only thing i could think was like you tried it like lime jello and chopped tomatoes weren't enough of a disincentive and for like you spinach. like <laughs> yeah Hard pass. It's literally like if um, you made Jello and then you put spinach. It looks like mm-hmm. there's some cucumber, some tomatoes, mm-hmm. and then flip. Oh gosh. Yeah, it's it's a salad inside Jello. I'm gonna make no, it. No, thank you. I'm gonna do it. Please don't. Um, also, it's not when bizarre I'm there. to me Please that this you. recipe was last updated on September 23rd, 2022. So like a year ago. Uh, oh like, no, it's very recent. Updates yes. are still being made to this recipe. Yeah. Somebody's like, I think we can figure this out. Like, we're so close. And I'm like, I don't think you are. Gosh. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, I didn't realize that and and this is on me. This is not a judgment on the book. This was a true learning experience. I did not know that civilians, like outside of, you know, the federal government had access to Geiger counters at all. Oh, yeah, there are Geiger counters in this. Yeah. Like, much less ones small enough that you can retrofit into a cane. You should explain what this is for our listeners, because we didn't talk about this yet. So, so the boy Montooth, he <laughs> he is caught um, like wrapping, tapping around in the forest during a party, and Rick, Green Flag's Rick, um, of Rick and Nancy, thinks he's like, I hear this noise. Um, I feel like he has a Geiger counter on him. And I was like, excuse me? Like, you jump to Geiger counter? Like, I would have thought piano metronome before I thought Geiger counter, you know? I would have thought, um, I thought, I would thought it was a bomb, honestly, given our anything. past adventures. But yeah. True. So... Part of, part of the whole plot is that the Monteiths are trying to find like uh, divots of ore in in the in the countryside, I suppose. And so, I mean, I guess they're out there with a uranium Geiger counter trying to find their pockets of money. Um, I I I didn't know, and so I googled I, I googled you, you Geiger counter. <laughs> I googled Geiger counter. I googled Geiger counter and was like, "Oh, I could get one of these on Amazon." I had no idea. Really? Um, yeah. Okay, that concludes mine. How about you? Do you have any more? I know you do. Okay, very briefly, I will say I'm bringing back our segment, the lexicon of Nancy Drew, because some words were used in this book that I very much enjoyed. Um, this is just a funny one that was used. The car is bouncing and jostling over terrain. This is related to Sally the bear when the gas tank gets punctured. And it says, the girls were getting joggled all around in the car. And I just love that word. I'm getting joggled all around. Like, I know jostled. Okay, okay, fair enough. But joggled? Um, Love it. 
Have you ever heard of a joggling board? No, what's that? You should just Google it. It's a, I think it, I think I know it from Charleston. A joggling board. Is where I know board. it from. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's. <sighs> oh, it came right up. First suggested thing. Yeah. What is this? But it's, it, 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 it replicates probably exactly like that kind of like your suspension is out on your car kind of sensation. Oh, weird. Yeah. Mainly used for decoration or fun seating. They actually started out as an exercise device. Kelly, I had no idea. Okay. Um, the other the other term I you I used, loved, was that George during this like stagecoach costume America's Next Top Model situation refers to their mm-hmm. costumes as flubby dubby. <laughs> Yes, that was so good. Which I think I would have used like frou frou, because uh-huh. George doesn't like girly things. Yeah, and so I liked flubby dubby for that. Um, and then I, we should we should use flubby dubby. Yeah, I love that. And then the last one I wrote down. So at one point they're chasing people around, and Bess says this is like a reverse game of hare and hounds. And my yeah, I didn't know that. So my guess was that it was like a way to say hide and seek. Oh, okay. Like the hounds are chasing the hare. Uh-huh. Um, but it's kind of not. Um, this game is also, Hare and Hounds is a game. It's also called Paper Chase. And it's a running race game where the player that is the hare leaves a trail of paper that the hounds have to follow. So it is kind of like hide and seek and the, there's a group of people chasing the the hider or the hare yeah but case, there's a trail but they're leaving a, a actual paper trail That's and i'm like fun. is that where the phrase paper trail came from i think it might be maybe yeah oh that's kind of fun yeah i didn't that's that's a good one the more you know kelly is there anything that you thought it would have been awesome if it had happened differently in this book yes um Okay, so a lighthearted one first. I don't really mean this seriously. But it would have been awesome if Nancy had been responsible somehow for the vacation boyfriends to have to leave early. Mm-hmm. So, like, I'm, I am not suggesting that it would have been awesome if she had arranged to have someone poison Rick's dad or anything. Maybe. But, yeah. Like, it would have been cool if she... Not cool. That's not the right word. Like, it would have been fun if we found out that Nancy was like, don't worry about the vacation boyfriends. These things work themselves out. And then she gets on the phone and she's like, you know, like, makes a fake call to Rick. And it's like, you must come home immediately. Your mother's in danger or something. Yeah. I love that. Yeah, because she did seem, like, extremely confident that... She's very confident. That never the twain shall meet, a.k.a. Rick and Ned. Yeah. I will also say, on that note, it would have been amazing if the guy, the vacation boyfriends didn't have to go home, Ned and company had shown up, and all of a sudden we have, like, dueling boyfriends. I thought about that. That's what I thought was going to happen. And I'm like, yeah, I don't know. I think that there would have just been, like, an armistice agreement. <laughs> I think they would all just would have been best friends by the end. I think it. so too. Like, and then Nancy yeah. would have been like, "Well, great." And then I think it wouldn't have mattered to her. She would have said, "Cool, they have each other now, and I can go back to sleuthing and don't have to deal with any of them exactly. anymore." Ned and Rick are occupied. I'm going to go follow this clue. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so here's my real one. It would have been truly amazing if the bad dudes had set off a third explosion at the Zucker farm. Okay. And no one gets hurt 
but in the explosion they wind up uncovering like a huge pocket of valuable ore on the Zucker land which like we know in the backstory that the Zuckers have like spent all their money to purchase this farm and then like the land is worthless like they can't grow a crop on it so they're really struggling and I just would have loved to have seen something good come to them yeah um by way of the bad guys you know so which would have made perfect sense like um the Monteiths the Montooth singular (laughs) Um, know that Nancy is out on that farm digging stuff up. So, like, it would have made perfect sense if they had made that a target of another bomb explosion. And in doing so, they had made the Zuckers independently wealthy. That makes so much sense because the the Monteith were after ore. They were never here for this stagecoach clue cornerstone thing. They're like, I want raw materials. Exactly. That makes total sense to me. Good call. Okay, Karen, so do we get to add anything to Nancy's never-ending resume this week? Yes, I have three items. Amazing. Water ballerina. Big time yes. I think that means synchronized swimmer, but they call it water ballerina, and so that's what it is. Correct. Nancy is a baby saver in this book. That she, an infant baby. Oh. Brand new baby. <laughs> an infant baby. <laughs> Yeah. So saith Kelly. Yes, that is correct. Um, there's a tree, a dead tree that is going to fall. Nancy runs and grabs the baby and moves it in its playpen out of the way. And this, ladies and gentlemen, is why we take care of dead trees on our property. It could fall on your baby. P- PSA from Karen. Indeed. Um, also, the last one is a loose approximation, but I think it's accurate. I would assume Nancy is very good at bowling and or lawn bowling. AKA okay, say more words. Bocce ball. Um, there's a moment where mm. she brings the police to a ravine. She's like, the stagecoach is down at the bottom of this ravine. There are some dudes down there with hand saws and hatchets. They're going to chop it all up. We need to catch them. And the cops are like, we're going to go from this side. And she's like, we're going to go from this side. And she has better visibility, I think, than they do. And she says, if I see them coming before you do... I'll roll a rock to you down this hill. And when you see the rock rolling past you, you'll know they're here and to go get them, which first of all seems like a bad idea because like they're on a cliff and like rocks will roll down because there's six people standing on it. But yes, I'm not Nancy Drew. What do I know? Um, Second of all, I don't have that good of aim. So apparently this works like a freaking charm. And I think that that means she's probably super good at bowling. I, I believe it. Yeah. I think that's I think that's correct. This concludes my extrapolations. <laughs> Kelly, what is going to keep you up at night about this book? What are your open questions? Rapid fire, I have 3. Number 1, is John O'Brien just like the only guy in town with a pickup truck? Yes. My dehumidifier just kicked on. My bad. Nothing I can do about I it. I can't hear it. Okay, good talk. I think it's going to um, be like pleasant background noise. <laughs> everyone's gonna feel like start getting sleepy and be like oh it's so pleasant uh, what uh. um number two what was the aerosolized knockout drug oh i don't know so i so so that people know i briefly mentioned this in the super fast plot but basically we're like just digging up the final clue the bad guys appear and everybody just starts passing out yeah. Like fainting. And they're they're passed out until the next day. They wake up on the ground at dawn. 
Like what happened? And we we don't know. Yeah. Mustard gas? Just in in the like open air, maybe. It was just like in the open air, yeah. you know. They didn't even it see fr- another person. No. It, it felt like um a little bit too techy for the times maybe. But maybe not. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Third question. What was in the decoy envelope that the thieves stole? Mm. So there was this whole thing, you know, right before the knockout gas happens, yep. Nancy finds this envelope and she's like, oh, my gosh, this is the clue we've been looking for the whole time. And then knockout gas. And as she's passing out, one of the thieves, Amonteith, Amontooth, steals this envelope from her. And when they wake up, like, hours later, Nancy goes, I don't think that was the real clue. Let's keep looking. And sure enough, they find the real clue, like, hidden in in some upholstery. My question is, like, what was this random empty envelope for? I hope it was, like, a poem. Oh, It was, like, dear diary. An ode to stagecoach. <laughs> yeah. I hope it was just, like, I've been working on my MFA in poetry, and here's... Here's a little. Oh, I thought you were going to say I've been working on the stagecoach. Here's a, here's a little ditty for you. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Um, okay, what are your open questions? I have two, and I know that I am beating a dead horse. I also actually the people who are not Patreons won't know this because I said this too much in the the special content. So if you want to hear me talk about this for a thousand more minutes, you're not selling it. I don't <laughs> believe how long it took these young folks to dig up. 20 to 30 full-on steel boxes yeah. with stagecoach stage parts in them. Like, they started at midnight. They got mm-hmm. aerosol knocked out at, not that long after. But they dug up, like, 30 steel yeah. trunks out of the... 30? Yeah. I Getting one of those out of the earth, I would be like, woof. I'm going to be talking about this for weeks. I am tired. My back hurts. Yeah. They, no, it's unrelatable content. They dig up for sure. 30 of them. And and prior to this, they had been unsuccessfully digging things out of other locations. And I'm just like, there's no one. No, no. Yeah. Um, no, I'm I'm with you. Okay, Hate you. it. Um, Zero stars. This is also really tactical and irrelevant. But at some point, Mrs. Strook, the old woman who has incited this mystery, gets... <laughs> bound and gagged as they say and her house gets ransacked by the bad guys looking for this clue and the nancy and the cops and actually i think best finds it they find a leather glove that's left behind Mm -hmm. and she's like it's a clue (laughs) and the, the cops are like great maybe we can get a fingerprint out of this is that true like can you actually get a fingerprint outside out of the inside of a leather glove Okay, I looked this up because it also bothered me. Okay, thank you so much because I was like, cool if true, but... The answer is potentially. Oh! But I don't think with 1950s CSI technology. Okay. So maybe I'm wrong, but like it definitely is possible now, like if all of the... Like if, if everything is correct you know interesting yeah i was just like this Um, seems unlikely to me but we've also it i i would say it's it's like the the odds are probably pretty slim 
We've also but, been hey. like nabbing criminals and putting them away in this book for having a matching one inch angular scar on the inside of their arm. So that like, is true. That is true. We put away a guy last last time for like, you know, wrapping his fingers on a table. Having a menacingly. Having a similar smirk <laughs> so yeah. that Nancy saw. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Blue black hair. Yeah. Uh uh, so this week, Karen, we are rating Nancy Drew in the Clue in the Old Stagecoach out of 12 hand-knitted sweaters, <laughs> yes. which feels appropriate. So how many hand-knitted sweaters do you give this book? Are you ready? Are you ready? I'm ready. I'm ready. 12 out of 12 hand-knitted sweaters. <laughs> Perfect score. Oh my gosh, are you kidding? <laughs> Has this ever happened before? Probably like once. Oh my goodness. Defend your answer, please. I'm actually shocked. I'll explain my math. So I gave it minus one sweater because the Zucker husband on the Zucker farm uh-huh. was very mansplaining and I didn't like that. He was like, let me let me tell you little ladies about how men used to run farms when in fact he is failing at running a farm because he doesn't know how to run a farm, but he knew how to yeah, was explain like, I don't it. I think you're the guy to talk about it, yeah. but go on. So I didn't like yeah. that. So I removed one point for that. I also removed one point for what I mentioned earlier. I am sensitive and I don't like people being mean, especially about other people's appearances or affects. I removed a point for the Clue Crew briefly being mean girls and I hope to see them never do that again. I hope they've learned something about their bad behavior. However, I then gave back both of the hand-knitted sweaters for the water ballet (laughs) and the costumed old-timey photo shoot, which I know you thought were very cringe, but I thought that was very enjoyable. And this was generally just a weird book, and I loved it. (laughs) No, listen, it was was cringe, but I did love it. (laughs) Like, it's it's a weird dichotomy, so. Heard. What is your rating? 11.5 hand-knitted sweaters. Uh O-M-G. Yeah, I'm going to have to dig back into the archives to see if we've ever had an 11.75. I don't think we have. Also, you're going to have your work cut out for you to make an Instagram photo of this reading. I got this. <laughs> I'm not even worried. So I gave it minus one for the for the cringe water ballet. I love that you removed a point for that and I gave it a point for that. Yeah, no, it was, they were, they were too like pleased with themselves and it made me uncomfy. Um Plus one for Sally the Bear. Yep. She was the hero we didn't know we needed. Um, Minus one for, to your point, all of the unnecessary digging. Yes, chef. Thank you. Like, (laughs) yes, chef. (laughs) Behind. um, Corner. (laughs) I've been been watching the bear. Can you tell? Clearly, we both have. Yes. Um. Plus one for six boyfriends. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, minus one for Mean Girls, because didn't like. Agreed. Um, plus half a point for George falling off the stagecoach, which I I realize is ironically a Mean Girl thing to say. It's not, though, but... because she is off, <laughs> so funny. off to so the perpetrator funny. of Haterade, and we can take, yes. we can take 0.5. It's a little bit of just desserts. Yes, we can take 0.5 of a point of joy and George having a, a brief tumble. <laughs> it's funny. Um, so yeah, 11.5 hand-knitted sweaters. Love it. Oh my gosh. Amazing. This is at like yeah, the top of our list. We are on the uphill climb. <laughs> 
for now until next time well yeah let's discuss that so so karen what are we reading next oh, i hesitate to ask boy oh boy oh boy okay so the name oh. of the next book is called nancy drew and the mystery of the fire dragon which immediately i was like red flag this seems like Ruh-roh. we're gonna have some yeah dare i say xenophobic problems insensitive content um uh-huh. <laughs> that was a nice way to put it yeah, yeah no xenophobic is absolutely correct uh the clue crew is going to go to hong kong um i've read a little bit about this online i've seen the cover and i am nervous uh nervous is yeah. the cry same we did not yeah. use great language in this era aka the 1960s when these books were being mm-hmm. written uh and yeah, I don't know. I don't know. We'll the the cover reflects our reason to be nervous. We'll, so we'll report back cross that bridge in two weeks. Uh, yep, tread carefully. Bless all of our hearts. <laughs> Truly. Um, with that said, um, we have come to the conclusion of our episode. So we would implore you to please rate review subscribe tell a friend and please do find us on instagram at it's a clue podcast and if you want to no pressure but if you feel like it you could become a helen corning friend on patreon you'll be our best friend forever it's a bestie of the show um we'll give you a shout out on the show as you have heard in this episode and we are now releasing short bonus content for new episodes where we talk about how we would have solved the mystery (laughs) If that's at all interesting to you. <laughs> <laughs> and Karen, do remember what we learned today in Nancy Drew and the clue in the old stagecoach. Okay, I'm focusing. I'm ready. I'm going to commit it to memory. Tell me. Lay it on me. Do not. I repeat, do not forcibly remove the historical cornerstones of old buildings in your small town, despite the fact that they probably have secrets buried deep inside them that are worth hundreds of thousands of dollars. Seriously. Don't do it. <laughs> so I'm, what I'm hearing is I should do it. Don't do it. <laughs> and with that, happy, happy sleuthing! sleuthing. <laughs> It's a Clue is hosted by Kelly Biscopink and Karen Farmer. Our logo is designed by Courtney Kyle. You can find her on social media at I am Courtney Kyle. The It's a Clue theme song was written and recorded by Danny W. You can find her on Facebook at Danny W Music. Audio engineering is graciously done by our friend Mark Goodlow. It-